You're listening to Can't Read, Can't Write. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Undefeated Can't Read, Can't Write, the podcast that proves Spartans can talk. I'm Mike Jones, joined, as always, by the man who snakes that drain, Kevin Grek. <laughs> I hate you both. Grekers, how are you doing? <laughs> oh, lovely. I'm doing uh, I'm doing fine. It was a uh, eventful weekend in many different ways. Uh, how are you, gentlemen? I am wonderful. We are also, of course, joined by the man who ran up and down the stairs, bringing Grecker's updates like a true champion. Listener guest, Alex Plum. Plum, are you still out of breath? I am, but I did my, uh, I did my duty for the pod for KG, who deserved to know exactly what was happening. Although my swear words from upstairs should have given him a pretty good clue. Yeah. And I and I assume uh, that that you feel like you contributed the win, both of you, in in what you did. Mm-hmm. We did our job. Absolutely. Right. I'm now going to have a basement uh, backup uh, situation before every Michigan football game. Um, <laughs> right. As a result of this, uh, I don't know how to simulate one of those things, um, <laughs> but it's going to happen. Also, uh, big thank you to Plum for keeping me. Uh, involved as i was fixing that and uh a big where were you to my wife <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna give a hat tip to zill for all of her hard work kicking the chili for us while you were sludging the slurm in the basement but it was a different sort of chili he was dealing with yeah, but uh was- we of course need to say thank you to everyone who's listening um we uh, the the pod is growing in incredible ways, and for those of you who are new, we really appreciate you spending some time with us. For those of you who have been with us for a while, you know, cool. Uh, we of course ask a small favor: please share the pod with Spartans in your life, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get podcasts, and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Spartan underscore Pod. Greg, you did all this outlining. Oh, no, I'm sorry. You didn't plumb. You did all the outlining. <laughs> the outlining by myself without any help. Uh, give the people what the structure of this show will be. I'm going to give the people what they want. Well, I, uh, we here at the, here at, um, I was going to say here at Spartan underscore pod, which is a bizarre <laughs> way of saying the name can't read, can't write. Uh, we lead off the green wall, uh, which means uh, we are going to cover football because football always leads on the green wall. We're going to talk about the game that was the new game, the game, the greatest game that I've ever seen in my whole life. Uh, we'll review uh, we'll review the Michigan game and just what we loved and really loved about it. Uh, we'll talk about basketball, too, because basketball matters. And we had a scrimmage against Ferris that will make any diehard uh, Michigan State basketball fan just go nuts. So we got that. We got to give a hat tip to women's soccer. Uh, we're going to give a hat tip to, I believe, the men's uh, some some team, some Michigan State team. I thought swimming is that a thing? Water polo. Yeah, yeah, yeah swimming is definitely polo. it. I was like, oh, there's some water team, and then I was about to say men swim and dive, and then I thought, uh oh, that's not going to be good. <laughs> well, so we're going to cover that. That's the green. That's the that's the green wall, and then we're going to head up off Grand River. The next segment on our pod, we'll talk about what's going on uh, around East Lansing, particularly some revelry that we may or may not be very uh, excited about sharing. A couple updates. We will preview next week's game in West Lafayette, Indiana, as uh, Spartans go down to Pake on Purdue and that creepy, absolute, detestable Boilermaker. Oh um, Purdue I totally forgot about that. And then we'll wrap up with your Twitter questions, as we do every week here on 
can't read, can't write. Under at Spark underscore pod. Just keep getting the plugs in. Yeah, that's right. That was a good. That was good. You guys should let me do this one more often. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we got a real professional podcast over here. Uh, all right. Well, uh, let's head behind the green wall. Polly B staying home. Uh, Michigan State wins 37-34. I'm sorry. Yeah, thirty. No, thirty-seven, thirty-three. Right. Um, forgive me. That's right. uh, over the University of Michigan in East Lansing. Uh, let's, uh, uh, Greg, where, where do you want to start this conversation? Well, I have it here just talking about the game and in, in the scope of things. But actually, I think it might be better if we start if we talk about each of our individual experiences on Saturday. Like it was fantastic. I, and we'll get into the revelry put that aside for a moment, but it was fantastic being able to get on campus, seeing people around the energy was out of control. Um, even with the noon tip, um, I wasn't able, uh, yeah, sorry, kick. Uh, I wasn't able to get down to where the, uh, where the pregame shows were going on either, you know, at Ralph young or at the STEM building or in, um, Cedar village. But some guy's apartment. <laughs> but Peter Hill. But, but that's okay. It, it was a uh it was a big improvement from previous weeks of tailgating that were a little bit muted. We were you we were still kind of making our way back. Um so uh, I thought it was it was just so much fun yesterday. Um just unbelievable. Plum, what about you? We had a blast. Uh, we drove in from uh, Detroit area, obviously, in East Lansing. And, um, I mean, traffic was was nuts. We drove through the neighborhoods to try to inch our way to your home. Uh, that was a mistake, but a good one because the raucousness of, you know, folks tailgating and playing beer pong in the front yard. And uh, we saw three cars that had already been flipped on the drive over. It was a preemptive <laughs> flipping of cars, which I think, you know, just really speaks to the Spartan spirit. And I think that was it's Spartans will. Spartans will. They really, really, really will. No, so it was great. And, you know, so, so getting in there, um, being close to campus, seeing you guys. Um, being with friends, watching the game with folks that you knew you could just make a complete ass of yourself and not have to feel bad about. Um, that's the true joy of football. And I uh, got to share that with Jason. That was nice to get to meet you guys. So, um, and, and, and really being outside and being able to see that game in its totality and experience the highs, each one of those highs in that, that group. Um, that was very special. Very, very, very special, special way to watch that game. And for my mom, who may or may not be uh, listening um, to the podcast, um, Alex is why you weren't invited. Um, because yes. um, it, we can't have his behavior around you. It would it no, would yeah. <laughs> civilized civilized adults uh, would be scandalized <laughs> and uh, and in ways that are irreparable. I would, I would next say. time, Ma. <laughs> we're sorry what about you jonesy how was uh i i feel a little guilty talking about how much fun we had on campus but you you your folks it's, were it's in cool. town it's right cool. it's cool it's cool yep uh came in town to uh participate in the the trick-or-treat festivities a mm-hmm. little early birthday for uh the kiddo and uh and enjoy watching all semblance of sanity leave their child um as he jumped and uh, cursed about um it was uh 
it was probably best that I watched from the comfort of my home. Um, I would have preferred maybe to do it alone. Um, you know, just to keep the polish on me, if that makes sense, you mm-hmm. know, uh, not because I don't enjoy people's company, but, uh, just so that calls weren't made to social services. This is really what I was trying to avoid. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so I think we've got a ton of Twitter questions about this or iterations thereof, but I, I think we got to start with, you know, notwithstanding the outcome, which was awesome, <laughs> this was at its core, maybe, you know, I think we talked a bit about last week, this being what were the stakes of this game? And, and Greg, I'll turn to you first, because I think you pushed back on how important this game might have been. Yeah, that was a mistake. Um, <laughs> I, it was a huge tactical error. Uh, it, it was we we had that podcast and then I was actually uh, traveling all week for work. Um, so I was not that invested in the game i i i was not you know just constantly refreshing msu twitter this week i was sort of removed from it but saturday morning um when i woke up and i saw that the cars were already lined up all the way down grand river things really started to build and then by the time that game kicked it was i was ready to go so it was um I mean, it was a massive, just absolutely massive game. And I think it helps that it lived up to the hype. I mean, yeah. um, Kevin Pauga of the athletics department, the MSC athletic department tweeted, it, it, we don't have the final numbers yet, but it looks like this game is going to have the biggest viewership numbers of any college football game to date this season. Um, it was, I mean, this was the epicenter of college football this weekend and the game lived up to that billing. So, yeah, um, I was wrong. I was wrong to say that last week. What did you guys think? Uh, I, you know, I, I think about some of the, the stakes involved in the game. Um, and, and what I mean by that is it's not merely, you know, the, the sort of, did you get the W or not? But it is that, that there were so many eyeballs on the game. It is that we played host to game day and to big noon and to, um, some, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> some some douche who hung out in Cedar Village um and has a gambling website. Um Cedar Hill. Cedar Hill. But whatever. Uh, oh, was he an off-brand Cedar Village? Anyway, um the but I you know, I think about all those eyeballs. I think about all the recruits that were there, including commits who had had Michigan and Michigan State in in their final, you know, sort of who am I thinking about going to? I, I think about those things. I think about some of the uncertainty that, you know, maybe folks had been feeling about Mel Tucker and his future with Michigan State. Um, and and I think about what this W might mean for the university. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is it is hard not to feel uh, really emboldened. Uh, you know, you, you have a question on here about what is this the biggest game since? Yeah. Um, you know, I think maybe it's the 2015 Big Ten Championship for me. Um, it felt it felt as important uh, yeah. as that, and and I say that fully realizing that in some ways, I would not be mad if Ohio State ran the table and and we found ourselves in a Rose Bowl. Um, no, I think that's right. I mean, I, I would say 
I don't know if it's as big to is, is a Big Ten championship game. I mean, that had its own implications. You know, you you talking sure. about the conference, a new structure to how the conference and the divisions are being set up. It's relatively young, you know, young process. National championship. I mean, in, in terms of those outcomes, there's something strikingly unique about that that I think is on one place. I think for me, it's the lore, and and I think you know someone I think with Taylor Anderson or someone maybe he asked this. I don't know if this is a Twitter question or he just kind of asked it into the the Twitterverse. Um, what was was this the best you know U of M MSU game that he could remember in his lifetime? For me, it absolutely was in my lifetime, mm-hmm. and. I think it was because of, you know, the contextual factors surrounding this. They've not been top 10 teams facing each other since the 60s or something, right? And mm-hmm. um, two winless programs. The fact that Harbaugh's trajectory continues to sink, despite this being the first season in seven years where they were undefeated and it's finally seemed to be going right for him. He's got two, you know, quarterbacks he can kind of start at will. And you you bring all of that energy into East Lansing, um, the fact that we were able to pick them off at home last year as a as a desperate underdog in Mel Tucker's first season, you know, all of the energy that they were bringing into this, and we still stopped them. The fact that we came from behind, um, the fact that you know this is all still new. I mean, Tucker, this whole this whole reign, what's being built, mm-hmm. and I think on the top of that, you know, I've got family and friends who are you know big Michigan fans. A buddy of my friend, my friend Ben today, told me that. Um, he's like, you know, I don't even really care, but you like them so much. And he's a, a U of M alum, undergrad and graduate school. He's like, you know, you just like Michigan State so much that I feel like I have to root against you. And I feel like that, that says so much, right? Just about like how fun it is to have these interpersonal rivalries that make exciting games like this that are, to your point, Greg, live up to their billing and exceed it. That's what made this game so special for me. Well, Plum, you used an interesting word there that that I I think is worth drilling in on um, for a podcast known as "Can't Read, Can't Write." But you talked about the lore, and I think we got to talk about Ken Walker for a second <laughs> because, I mean, holy shit! If this is not you know if he has not etched himself into you know whatever version of sort of Mount Rushmore of people who have who have played in these games in his first season and first and probably only season as a Spartan you know, 200 yards on the ground, five touchdowns. Most uh, a running back has done uh, ever against uh, the University of Michigan. Yeah. And most that a running back has ha- has done against a top 10 team since mm-hmm. 2001. Um, and, I mean, yeah, and this wasn't just in the rivalry. I mean, this is against Michigan, period, ever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, so, I mean, I, an incredible performance uh, that after his third touchdown, it was either Gus Johnson or Joel Klatt said he was having a quiet day. And I was like, what? <laughs> you, you, you this have- keeps happening that he's got ridiculous numbers and people are just are like, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's just the quietest 10 yards of carry I've ever seen. Joel Klatt is a mess. I will say that when he scored his fourth touchdown, they splashed that on the screen. Like, uh, you know, Kenneth Walker for for rushing touchdowns. I was like, we have four touchdowns. Yeah. Um, that it was partially news to me, uh, even though the score was right there. <laughs> um, it, I mean, this in terms of individual performances, it's one of the greatest that I can remember ever having a Spartan have, um, yeah. in a single game. That's right. Yep. And it's, it was, ha- it happened on the biggest stage, um, that you can possibly imagine. So, um, 
the, he's up to now, I think in the sports books, third or fourth, most likely Heisman, uh, sure. winner. Um, that's largely a product of him being a running back. Like this, this award just belongs to quarterbacks. Now it's so hard for anyone, but a quarterback to win this. And MSU basically needs to go like undefeated or one loss for him to really have a shot at it. But it, it's ridiculous. Like he's playing so unbelievably well that I, if he keeps it up, he's got a, he's got a real true shot at this thing. Yeah. Um, well, and he's got, he's got runway. I mean, I, I don't want to stress the point, but he has runway. Look at who we've got left on the schedule. You know, I mean, maybe not, I mean, he, he could put up some serious yards on Purdue, which would just be great to, to pad the stats. But if he's got big games against Penn state and Ohio state, that's, I, you know, that's it. This is the conversation should be closed. So I, I'm very excited about what the rest of the season, just in terms of the runway that it offers this kid to continue to demonstrate real value and to, to really to show what he can do. That that for me is the most exciting part. Well, I'll, I'll say this, I, you know, we could talk about Ken Walker forever, um, but it is interesting to me that uh, I don't know if you guys saw the kickoff time was announced for Purdue and it's 3.30 on ABC. <laughs> <laughs> and which is just stupid. I hate, like, I hate, I hate it here, yep. but the, <laughs> but I mean that, that, that he's going to get, he's going to keep getting those eyeballs and that continues to be a good thing for him. Um, you know, we talked about uh, the buzz in East Lansing. I, you know, we're going to, his name's going to come up again, but uh, shout out to Alan Haller, by the way. Getting game day and big noon there, I doubt that he called Barstool. But, you know, coordinating all of that, ensuring a good time on campus, that's him, right? Yeah. Uh, so in short order is making a splash in, in some of the ways that I think we wanted to see, you know, that we hoped a hire might bring some Hollis-esque energy back to uh, to campus, you know, just platforming and highlighting Michigan state, hopefully in positive ways. Um, and this, you know, uh, in, in an early outing, well done, uh, sir. Um, but let's, let's talk about the game a bit. And, and if you guys don't mind, I'll, I'll just start because, you know, I thought the beginning of the game went both fine yet as bad as it possibly could. Right. That's a good way of saying it. Like, did I see us move the ball? Yes. Did I see great defensive effort, notwithstanding a 97 yard play? Yeah, I did. Like I, I remained, I, I, I thought despite the fact that Michigan was putting up more yards and had more points that I thought we were as capable of going toe to toe with them and a, an arm punt that they end up having a massive explosive play on the other side of it. Um, you know, that puts up seven points and then a, a tip to an interception that, you know, it's on the, on the tip, it's as fluky who the ball ends up with, right? Like, you know, I'm not trying to say that they don't deserve credit for intercepting the ball, but like it could have just as easily gone a different direction. Um, and so, you know, for those reasons, it's like, okay, well that, that literally could not have gone worse. Right. Um, and so, um, you know, I, I, I didn't lose hope. Yeah, exactly. I never lost hope, even when the team was down 16. Uh, Dice are getting stressed out at that yes. time. Yeah, <laughs> yes. absolutely. In fact, we moved, our whole viewing audience moved 
from the TV in the living room with the speakers and the couches and everything um, that is on a slight delay because it's being streamed um, out to the deck where the the other team, the other TV was with the uh, with the antenna, just because it would be like two seconds in advance. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> were we stressed out? Uh, of course we were. But there was no one leaving. There was no one, you know going to do other things. I, it was obvious that these two teams were well-matched, but M- MSU had every opportunity to come back and win that game. Yeah. And they did. And they did. I, I think a big part of that, uh, to get more into the game itself, is that Ben don't break defense. I mean, when you hold U of M to four field goals when they get in the end zone, and MSU conversely has zero field goals uh matt maddie c didn't have to uh do anything but extra points um i mean that's huge i might be a we've talked about this you know the speculation to bend don't break and what it means i'm becoming more and more a believer every week i mean it's it it seems to be working i mean yeah u of m scored some touchdowns they were mostly in big chunk plays but when the defense was called upon they came through on a number of drives. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I was, I was looking over the box score before we started recording and I was, you know, we've, we've talked a lot about the secondary's ability to tackle in space. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we obviously, uh, you know, I, I think we've not done enough to maybe talk about the, all the ways in which the defensive line has actually been fantastic, but I, it it was not lost on me that the the cornerbacks um you see them racking up like appreciable solo tackle numbers mm-hmm. um which just tells me that that you know it you can't you can't do the bend don't break thing if you don't know that your cornerback is going to be able to to stop the break right yeah. and um and you know it it helps that we've got some great safeties there but if if it was the safeties, you'd start seeing a lot more half tackle numbers out of your, your cornerbacks. And so um, I just, I got to give a shout out. This is a physical secondary um, that I think has all upside, all upside um, as not to look forward to next season, but I, I do think that long-term that's going to be a strength of this team. Yeah. Um, do we, uh, Oh, and Chuck Brantley, while yeah. we're talking about like, let's, that interception was insane. Yeah. Huge. Unbelievable. And um, I, I don't know, um, the, those two best backs on the field uh, wearing maize and blue. Didn't see, uh, didn't see a whole lot out of them. Uh, no. as as we're talking about the defense. Um, Under a total 100 yards, right? For uh, That's combined? correct. Yeah. They're in the habit of just lumping those two guys together. And uh, between the two of them, they didn't come up with 100 yards. Um, A few notes on the offense. Um, One, it seemed like this higher tempo than usual offense uh, really surprised Michigan a number of times. Yes. That was all scouting. That was all scouting. Yeah, that seemed to work. Uh, So fantastic job by the by the coaching staff Jay Johnson, man. I mean, I think because we've given him some, some, some real shit this season, especially in his first half performance. But I think, and I I mean, no one's going to look at the first half of this game and say, Oh yeah, we, we, that plan worked, but to their credit, you know, the things that they scouted for the things that they, they knew would be weaknesses they capitalized on. And it's the relentlessness of the team that I think ended up seeing us through, but, but hats off 
you know, tip of the cap to old Jay Johnson for, for some very good work on this. It was, it was, it was very good play calling at the end of the day. And uh, there were huge offensive plays. I mean, a couple of converted fourth downs, a couple of converted two point. Hold on. Not just, not just a couple. Con- I mean, these were seminal. These were game is on the line. That's it. Without those converted fourth downs, this game, we don't win this game. And Kenneth Walker deserves every bit of praise that he has gotten. He's earned it. All of it. And, and, and by the way, during the game, I wanted nothing more than to learn how to drive a locomotive and then build a train track right into Peyton Thorne's dorm room because I was truly done. And looking back and watching the clips for him, those to Naylor and to Reed, his two go-tos when he needed them most connected in the most insane, inspiring and awesome ways on fourth and longs. And I don't know what you say other than my God, thank you, my friend. It, it, when, when the team needed you more than any other time, you know, and that's this, that's for me, that comes back to, um, um, Tuck's complimentary football. That was it. You need to be able to trust your quarterback. And he was not consistent. He really wasn't ultimately reliable, but in the moments when, when this team absolutely desperately needed him, he showed up. So those, those were huge. Yeah. Yeah. When you, when you had to make winning plays, he made winning plays. Yeah. Yep. So, which here, here, uh, thank you. That's all I needed. It turns out that's all we needed. Uh, do so. Can we chat about U of M for a second, then? Mm-hmm. Uh, because, like, they have a good ball club. Yeah, they they played a good game, and you know, I will say when they were down four, and it was you know raining, and they had to throw the ball. Despite that Cade McNamara had the best game of his life, I said, I was thinking to myself, and I believe I said out loud to anyone who at that point in time didn't think I was delusional. Um, <laughs> Who's willing but, to be a- around you. Yeah, that I, you know, that if you told me before the game that they were going to have to rely on Cade McNamara to throw the ball in the rain to w- come back and win the game, then I said, we're good. And lo and behold, we were. But. I will give that kid a ton of credit and I hope that the the fan base in Ann Arbor is uh much quieter about their desire to get JJ in the game more often because Cade had himself a game. What we talked about uh, in our preview last week how because of the MSU's defensive schemes and how that would bottle up their rushing attack it was going to be on Cade McNamara um to to really keep them in this game and I will give credit where it's due. He did step up into that role. Um, they also tried, you know, they watched the film from last year and they, they, they tried to do the Ricky white thing um, yep. with Andrell Anthony. Uh, yeah. Coming out of nowhere with the, some huge receptions and a couple touchdowns. Um, this podcast covered the recruitment of Mr. Anthony. We were womp, womp. pleased with the outcome there. Um, I continue to wish him not well things when right. he plays Michigan State. Right. If the Anthony House uh, family house was burned down, a uh, smoldering heap when they got home. Um, yeah. Who amongst not, us hadn't thought of it? Right. Who amongst us? bothered right. by that. Um, <laughs> and then on the defensive side of the ball, Ajabo and Hutchinson were handfuls. So, um, Though it th- did feel like at some point in time, at some point in time, they seemed to have schemed out of it. 
that at some point in time, they seem to have figured something out because I agree they were, you know, there was a solid three, two and a half quarters of that game where they were just a menace. Um, and then it seemed like I stopped hearing their name called an awful lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you can't give them a ton of credit. Uh, I'm sorry, let me rephrase. You can give them a lot of credit, but down the stretch, the fact of the matter is, is that Ken Walker was breaking runs, some to the outside and some up the middle, but like, you know, I, I don't know. It, it, the, I thought the, the conventional wisdom, and I think we said on the pod that Aiden Hutchinson was going to be the best player in the field. I don't know that he was on Saturday. Mm. I think I think I think it was Ken Walker. Yeah. Clearly, well, Ken Walker. Yeah, there's no doubt. Ken Walker. Yeah. Um, as long as we're talking about the uh, the the Michigan Wolverines, we might as well address the one thing you know they, they that they're going to keep bringing up for the for rest of decades. our lives. Essentially, <laughs> yeah. um, I'm going to be on my deathbed, and you know, someone's going to mention that pain. Uh, fumbled the ball into the end zone. Um, so I, uh, Peyton, Peyton Thorn, Peyton Thorn is what I meant. Um, so I, I, I'll be honest. I, I don't understand that one. Uh, I don't <laughs> call that one back. I don't know how one's shin is down. Uh, the Ken Walker fumble too was also a bit stressful. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. A bit. As long as we're, as long as we're doing like, which by the way, like maybe new rule as a team uh do not drop the ball until you can hand it to a fan correct <laughs> just hand it and just have put like a ga in the end zone be like you aren't allowed to stop touching the ball until you hand it to this dude he's yeah. wearing a green shirt find him you need to continue <laughs> to to hold the ball until you yeah. meet him um so th- did msu perhaps catch a couple breaks maybe but that's how the game works U of M has caught breaks in this uh, rivalry in the past. So um, MSU was in a position to catch those breaks and to capitalize on them. And that's what's important. And, you know, you can, you can point to that one call all you want. I I will say this, the referee could have called it the other way on the field, right? Like, I mean, Mm -hmm. it's, it's easy to say, Oh, it got overturned and, and focus on that. But if the referee had called it the other way, like, you know, I don't, I don't know that we, you wouldn't have the same sort of uh, reaction to it because it would have had to have been overturned. Right. Um, the, but all of that doesn't change the fact that you let a 16 point lead disappear. Right. Um, and I, I don't, I, I'm very curious to see how Michigan responds as a program. Um, after this because they've been having a nice little season. Um, but they've got Penn state and they got Ohio state still to play. Well, that's another thing that I was wrong about, uh, last week. I think I said that, uh, that, uh, you know, the fans will be happy with the season so far and that, uh, in all likelihood there would not be calls for a coaching change. And that, uh, is not true. Uh, <laughs> I've seen on uh, the various Michigan social media, uh, uh, you know, locations. It, 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 they don't seem to be taking this loss well. Um, well and, but but they shouldn't. They but they shouldn't be. I mean, and, and I'm, we're not a Michigan podcast. We got to leave that to the terrible, terrible people at Michigan that do that. 
that job and they do it poorly to opine on the state, but they should be angry. If we were in their shoes, we wouldn't accept these outcomes. We wouldn't accept them at all. So, um, so, but we'll leave that alone. I just wanted to opine for a minute on the officiating. And I think this pod has his, historically, and especially this season, been quite consistent in our opprobrium for Big Ten officials. Um, they have been bad this season. And I think on balance, they were bad on this game. I think it's only fair to acknowledge that. Um, that said, neither of my two co-hosts will ever say another negative thing about sports officials ever again. Right. Um, there true. is a thing in refereeing that we call balance that it's not a rule, but any good official holds attention in their mind, like you know the the, the balance of justice. And when when the what you can you can tell when there's when there's an imbalance happening, and it's typically when a couple of close calls happen and they go in one team's favor. You don't make up calls, but you you look for balance. You look to find opportunities to just you know in the middle in a soccer game in the middle of the field, right where no team is really going to get a lot of benefit. You you try to find a, a little foul that kind of happens. You probably wouldn't call, but because the balance is out of whack, tweet you call the foul because you're you're trying to let the teams know that you're seeing it all and you're just you're making decisions to communicate that you're being equitable and fair minded. There were too many close calls in this game that went in favor of Michigan state and, and whether or not they should have there, that was, it was out of balance with what should have happened for Michigan. Um, the, 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 as I understand the down downing rule, a player is down by contact. If anything above their, any part of the leg above the ankle or any part of the arm above the wrist hits the ground when forced, you know, under, under contact or um, under, you know, if you're being challenged by an opponent, I, if I'm wrong on that, someone I'm sure will tweet us or yeah, one that's of right. you will correct me. Okay. So, so the shin, okay. We've never heard of this before, but it, 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 it's right. The question is, is it convincing? And, you know, I don't know. I mean, they showed the replay enough. You can see the guy's shin was down. So I don't know if that's convincing or not, but the, the point about balance, I think remains, and they did a very bad job about that in, in my opinion. So that all said, that's that's football. That's sports. That's officiating. And you know, again, this team was up sixteen to you know sixteen points on us. A, 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 a winning team, a winning program, a, a national competitor. Certainly, the sixth best team in the country does not allow. Crumble. Does not allow. Um, when you're up sixteen, you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't still lose. So that's on them. Anyway, thank you. Yeah. Just wanted to put that out there. Um. I three other people that I, I'd like to touch on very briefly. Um, one, let's talk about Xavier Henderson and his post game press conference. Did you guys see this? I did, uh, and I yeah. loved it. Naming names, naming names, and he he, he had receipts. Out, he had all of he the receipts. Came out ready to spit some fire, and uh, for a guy who, you know, I'm I'm guessing thinks this is probably his last game. Um, you know. Selfishly, I, I would certainly not mind having him back next year, but not game uh, I, in I, season. Oh, sorry. Well, yes, game against Michigan. Game against yes, Michigan. Okay. yes. Um, but yes. Uh, and so, um, you know, I just I loved it. I, I loved it, and I and and what I loved in particular about it is that it he he betrayed Mel's Mel's confidence in doing that because it is very clear to me that Mel made sure the bulletin board material was there that when he talked about the history lessons of Paul Bunyan, it was all about the disrespect season. Um, and, and it seemed that, that uh, X came with some receipts and I liked that. 
Um, and I think, you know, there's a, this, this player, Xavier Henderson is the only gentleman to have been a captain in every single game yes. this season. So clearly his teammates look at him as a leader and clearly there is an ethos about this team that still has a chip on its shoulder. And I think that's good. I mean, they use it to their advantage, but it's still there and it doesn't help that without any evidence, without any, any credibility, people still shoot the mouth, fire off from the hip, an opinion, which is demonstrably false and objectively disproved every single year, which is that U of M is good at football. And, uh, (laughs) And, 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 you know, I mean, maybe, maybe we, we stoop a little bit to their level when we come back at them with the receipts like this, but I think for him to do this in this way, I think he's, he's not doing it probably from an interpersonal or like a being personally offended level. I think it's partly, he takes the ownership and, and wears the mantle of leadership for the team as a captain and sort of says, I'm, you know, Hey, th- I'm, I'm doing this on behalf of my guys and, and we showed you. So what now? And, and I think he was doing it. I would go one step further. I think he was doing it on behalf of all of us. Hmm. That, you know, I, I think that was a, you know, he, I mean, he, anything that made its way into the public, I mean, he, he was calling dudes out and, and, and for historical people who didn't even chirp this week. Yeah. Um, and so I, I enjoyed that. And to your point, Alex, about, you know, having to prove yourself, I think that was actually a, a quote from Jaden Reed specifically was that, you know, when you're at Michigan state, you have to prove yourself every year. Yeah. There, there, there is no assumption that you're good. You have to prove it every year. And and I, I assume that that's something that they're going to have to to take with them. But the other two folks that I want to talk about are, are Alan Haller and Mark D'Antonio, um, both of whom were at the game. And in different ways, you saw clips of their reaction to this game and and how it that it that it meant something to them. And I think Alan Haller was a little bit more in it and competitive. And I think there was video of Mark D'Antonio that I think he was looking at at something that he still felt connected to and part of mm-hmm. and proud of. Mm-hmm. Um, Greg, what was your take on that? I mean, I, I've been trying to call this out throughout the, throughout the season. You know, it is uncommon that the ex football coach remains part of the program long-term, even a guy that, that built it the way that D'Antonio did. Um, so to have him, I think there's a video on Twitter of him just standing in the end zone, watching the players and the families and everything going on. And you can tell that he's just soaking it up, Mm -hmm. um, that Mel Tucker isn't, you know, sometimes there are, you know, issues between current head coaches and former head coaches, um, that, that he is prioritizing being a, a part of this program still. I think it says everything in the world about what Michigan state is as an institution, a place to be. Um, it, it says not just, you know, important things about what D'Antonio did and what he did for the program. It also talks about the institution itself. It says so much about that. Um, and it, I mean, he's not going anywhere. It seems like, um, and I think, you know, I I wanted to, I wanted to riff off that for a second, because I think there's something there as well. I think it, I think it says something about the program's capacity for grace giving and grace extension. I mean, I think, I think there's a real honest read about the last couple of years at Michigan state for D'Antonio. And I think there's some, and we've been part of that, I think to sort of like this sort of castigation of how poorly he left the state of the program. I mean, in terms of under recruitment, offensive line, I mean, there's some real areas of underinvestment that we're still kind of, 
you know, pulling ourselves out from. I think that was clearly demonstrated last season. Um, Though I must say, many of the names that we've talked about, no, no. not Kenneth Walker, we're, but otherwise, right, were recruited by Antonio. Antonio. I know, I know, but but we're but my but my point is, those names by themselves weren't adding up to something. It was you know Tucker's use of the portal to get that complementarism is kind of what's helping some of these guys come into their own. But your point is still well taken. My, my only point here is, you you combine that with the way that he leaves in February. Right, which that mean waiting, and partly that was contractual, right? You wait till this date, you get this bonus payout. He does that, he gets his bonus payout. And the next day, he announces his retirement, puts our program in a huge state of shock. There are things that D'Antonio did that don't really make him look great. And there are things that he did that I think good, honest folks can look at and go, I really wish you had done that differently or, or really, frankly, done that better. And to be able to hold that tension, to hold that balance and to extend that grace in, in a way that allows him to still be involved as actively as he has been. Um, this for a guy, by the way, who has no interpersonal warmth, who doesn't seem to have the capacity for friendly, cheery banter. Um, no, no, I mean, this, I'm not like this is this is a this is universal opinion. The guy is a grump. And that's fine. You're allowed to be. My point is, it's not his personality that's doing him any favors. I think it says something to your point about the program. And it says something about what he was able to do at Michigan State and how these guys still want him, maybe despite some imperfections in the past, to be involved in how he does too. I think that says everything about the program. And I I think there are some things that we can still acknowledge, but it underlines the depth of gratitude and the depth of, of, of capacity for grace that this team has. And, and I, if, if nothing else, it's, it's about that. It's a, it seems like there's a collective effort happening here, um, to move this ship forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and that you've got a, you know, cause tell you what, bet you Mark D'Antonio is still hitting the phones for donations. Yep. Bet you that's a thing he does. Yep. Uh, you know, so I, I don't know if this was like, I can't get over how good of a game it was. I can't get over that we got to see a Heisman performance from someone on Michigan State's st- roster. But, you know, and and I can't believe we didn't even talk, I don't think, about that Mel Tucker made history by being the first coach to go 2-0 against Michigan. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was an incredible game, and, and I, I still can't help but think that the most important thing about this game, we don't even know yet. Yeah. And, and that's, and it's, so I don't have a bullet point on it, but this one felt different. Um, and I, it was great. I mean, we do have kind of a bullet point on this. I mean, MSU is now 10 and five since Mark D'Antonio got hired against 10 and five. Yeah. Against, uh, U of M, uh, 10 and four is the number that keeps getting thrown around because it's what we are since that one dude said that one thing um that nick kamansky asked about last week um and so the 1950s the series is pretty much even uh since msu joined the big 10 it's like u of m plus four or five or something like that so uh, what this says about the program and the momentum of it long term it's kind of what we were talking about last week like i expect our team to beat that team I've seen it a lot now. I've seen it very frequently over the last 15 years. And I expect it to happen now. And I expected it to happen yesterday. And I expect it to happen next year. Um, I mean, we the program is at a point now where 
understanding. And when we get into the Purdue, um, the, the Purdue preview, that is not a team to be looked past. But nope, yep. if MSU takes care of business these next two weeks, it's going to Columbus to play the de facto Big East championship game. Yeah. So th- there's just so much positive mo- forward momentum with this program right now. And the like 8,000 recruits, like there was a whole section in the, yeah. in the stadium of recruits basically. Uh, and it, it's just gotta be in the air. It, it's evident. You can't, you can't deny it. You can't look past it. It's, there is a, just a relentless positive energy with the program right now. <laughs> I, you know, but you, you bring up an interesting thing, Kevin, and that's, you know, Izzo was asked at one point in time, how long it, it took him to feel like he was able to shift the conversation about, you know, dynasty, who, who controls the state in, 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 in hoops. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't remember if his answer was 10 years or 15 years, but he was asked about what he thought it would take in basketball. And, and I think he said five more. So maybe he said 10 and then, and then 15 for, for basketball or for, for football. Um, What's what's interesting, though, about that is that, you know, despite U of M having uh, three different coaches uh, in that time, um, despite the fact that they don't win big games, despite the fact that they've not been to a Big Ten championship um, and that they lose on the national stage regularly, they still continue to have better recruiting classes than us. Mm-hmm. And and so I don't know if this is a, uh, you know, a, a, this is a thing that Mel Tucker can change. I don't. Maybe it is really a a challenge of branding, and that's a part of it. You know, as much flack as Mel Tucker, you know, sort of asides that you'll hear from the press about you know it all being branding with Mel Tucker. But like, is it, you know maybe that's the challenge in really reframing all of this. But you know, we're at 15 years now where we've dominated this series. And yet it feels like MSU still, while always in it and never, you're right. I don't think it's ever fair to say that I doubt our ability to be successful in one of these games, Mm -hmm. but it does feel like there's an uphill battle that's always being waged. And I don't know if that's a, you know, a press and media relations. I don't know if that's recruiting. Like, I don't know where I get that from. But I, I can't be alone in feeling that way. I think there was some really, we were further ahead in like a 2015. Yeah, um, that's, yes, I, yes. Zill, uh, my wife had a, a, a roommate uh, from out of state and she, they were living in suburban Detroit. Um, she would remark of like, all I see is MSU stuff everywhere. Uh, where's the U of M stuff? And, th- and this was in Royal Oak. Um, this, uh, so like. I think that was really happening. And then to use some crazy euphemistic language, there were some very unfortunate setbacks um, yeah. that took place. And I think that damaged everything at the university, not just the yeah. football program, not just the reputation. I think it damaged everything significantly in a way that's going to take a long time to get back even to where MSU was then. But it it was definitely on a roll in 2015 going into 2016 there's no doubt about that um plum anything on this before we move on no i think we got it 
I think we got it. It just was a great game. It was. It, 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 was. it was a classic. Um, um, there are some negative uh, sides, though. It sounds like Naylor might have a broken finger, perhaps. Are there any other major uh, uh, injuries that came out of this game? Panashuk left the game. I don't know if he came back. Um, I, didn't he recover the the uh, uh, the fumble, the McNamara fumble, or the yes. uh, McCarthy yes, fumble? He, he did. Yep. Was that before or after he left it, the game? Uh, my recollection is that it was after that is, oh, okay. it, oh no, no, I'm sorry that he, he left the game after that. Bummer. Um, not, uh, Mac, yeah, Mac, McCarthy, Mac, McCarthy, 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 whatever his name is, JJ. JJ. Um, uh, but, um, no, I think those are the injury notes. Yeah. Hopefully Naylor's back because I, you know, um, it's, it certainly helps read that, yeah. <laughs> that we have a one A and one B mm-hmm. at wide receiver, um, and you know, you don't want it to, if, if you can avoid it going down to one, but it did seem like, uh, Montori Foster stepped up, uh, had himself a nice little, uh, couple series, uh, in the, in the second half. And then, um, obviously, you know, I, I think Trey Mosley is going to be a stud for us. Um, for sure. so, um, yeah, uh, Let's, guys, it feels great. It does. It does. It feels so great that we're, we want to talk to you about something right yes. now. All right. Uh, welcome back. Uh, football is not the only sport this week. Um, there was, uh, a basketball scrimmage against Ferris state. Exhibition. Um, Yes. I'm sorry. Uh, exhibition. I don't know what the difference is between those two words because I can't read or can't write. Um, I'm sure there's going to be a question about this from the upper deck jerk guy, but Gabe, uh, looked great, uh, in that game. Uh, seems to really be taking a step forward, seems to be embracing his role as like the elder statesman and the, I, I believe he's formerly the captain, one of the captains of the team. Is that correct? Yes, um, that is correct. Yeah. So that stood out. Uh, Max Christie is as advertised. That dude looked smooth was what I would say. That was, uh, that was my takeaway. It seemed effortless for him out there, especially on offense. Um, did you guys get to watch this at all? Because it, it's on the, no. I, no. the BTN plus tier of a, like, yeah. what, what you don't. Okay. Anyway, um, it was a good game. The bigs, I think we all knew were a concern and none of my, you know, none of my uh, fears were, were assuaged uh, watching it. I think that's going to be the big problem this year. We need a big step forward from a couple of the, of the bigs. I will say uh, Joey Hauser. We speculated that he might be uh, benefiting from having an actual uh, point guard now. And uh, Walker, uh, the other Walker, um, (laughs) did seem to, the other Walker from the transfer portal, um, did really seem to help him out in big ways. So, um, you know, Walker, he's he's got some some score first uh, moves. He, He did some nice driving to the hoop a number of times. Uh, he can definitely facilitate the offense, which is uh, not something that we had all the time last year. Um, there's more to be said about the basketball team. Uh, when's the next uh, exhibition? Uh, like in a day. Uh, but uh, we are going to do a bigger hoops preview next week because the Champions Classic is on the way. Yep. And with that, let's move to a different sport. Alex Plum, talk to me about women's soccer. We were um, very excited to see the Michigan State women's soccer's program make the Big Ten tournament. Um you know, the Big Ten has 342 teams in it now. So women's soccer, the tournament, they take eight 
Um, the Michigan State program has not been in the women's tournament. What was it, twenty ten? Yeah, I think it's. I think I saw eleven years. Sound, yeah, it's been right. it's been some time. So, um, the fact that they made it in, and this is, um, and I can't remember his name right now. The new coach uh, replaced Tom Saxton. He came to us from Grand Valley, where he'd won a national championship as the Division two program um, in the NCAA. So, you know, he has um, he has some laurels, and 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 in his first season at the helm, he took him to the Big Ten tournament, and that's a big deal because it's not easy to make. It's a um, almost every, I think it's actually every single Big Ten school fields a women's soccer program. So um, there's a lot of talent in the Midwest in women's soccer. Um, so to be able to be competitive out here, it really does mean something. And so good for the good for the women, good for his leadership. I'm sure if uh, Lauren Sinicola, the assistant at Notre Dame, had actually gotten the job, if Melanie Foster hadn't, uh, well, better not go any further with that line of that line of trajectory. But anyway, who knows where we would have gotten? But good for him, good for the women, great for the program. Can't wait to see uh, bigger things afoot in the future for them. And I do believe the men's water polo team did something special. I would like to say I didn't realize that we had a water polo team. And it makes the canceling of swim and dive all the more insulting yes. that we have another team sport that uses a pool. Well, hey, at least the, the men's water polo team is winning first place in the Big Ten. So we got to give them that. Yeah, okay. no, that's great. That's great. But you can't say that uh, we don't have the resources. Correct. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Oh, Billy Beeks, we love you. Uh, and congratulations to the men's water polo team, uh, in, in all sincerity. Um, yep. Womp womp. Uh, all right. Uh, off Grand River, we can breeze through this real quick, maybe? Yeah. Um, there was some unpleasantness that happened uh, off, like literally just off Grand River yeah. in East Lansing this weekend. Um, were you uh, were you impacted by any of it? Did you all go reveling reveling around after the game? Greg? We became via Instagram aware of some uh, revelry that was happening a couple blocks away. Uh, so a few of us um, that were under impaired judgment. Uh, oh, I think you just time. went full next door on the situation and went to go observe. <laughs> I had the pleasure of seeing You're what a happens after uh, a couch is fully burned. The husk of it. Uh, I got to see a young man hitting it with the back of an axe oh to God. break it up and put it right back in a, a you know in a, a dust bin. Mm-hmm. Um, I also got to see someone come out of the house with just a little broom and and like dust dust pail, just like the same thing that you would buy at like Meyer to go out and like sweep up the ash. It was a particularly funny sight for me. Um, I also they learned didn't want that the ticket. What's that? They didn't want a ticket. Yeah, exactly. Case uh, is coming around. I also learned that um, what you see after everything burns is all of the stuff that was in between the cushions. So in this case, there was like pocket change. There were some batteries. There was a Lego. And all of that stuff did not look like it had just been through a fire. So I don't know what the lesson for that is, but uh, it was very, very interesting. Um, That was the lighter side of things. Um, The more unfortunate side of things is... uh, there were some automobiles that were turned over and um, that kind of stuff is when we're exiting good fun. Um, yeah. That's the kind of stuff where it's embarrassing. Yeah. It's embarrassing. And I have a hard time not rooting for consequences. Like that's, that's someone's thing that you ruined. 
Well, and there was a <clears throat> there was a video going around of you know these guys like kick, the car on its side, guys kicking and trying to kick it in the windshield, and some uh, ostensibly a Michigan State student intervening, and and you can actually kind of see him mouthing the words, "Dude, stop! What are you doing? This is someone's car." Yeah, like helping you know. I mean, clearly these guys are drunk out of their mind, but helping them just like put their feet back on the ground. Like this isn't yeah. This isn't just here for you to destroy. This is someone's thing. Um, yeah, that's. And then that guy yeah. didn't do it for the. I mean, obviously, he just felt like you know this is insane, and it is insane. And I wish more people. I guess that's what I wish. I wish more people were like him. He sh- that shouldn't be the aberration. He shouldn't be the standard bearer. Yeah, everyone around should be like, what What are you doing? Like, yeah. as soon as some asshole just says we should flip that car, three people around him should be like. We should actually gonna, flip you upside we're, down. Yeah, we're going to take turns punching you right, right. now because, the, like, who who are you? Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, not great, but, you know, um, we didn't storm the field and we didn't throw things at people. So, There's you know, that. we're not getting a Big Ten fine. So, I guess that's a plus. Yay. <laughs> Yay. Uh, Gary Patterson, out at TCU. Greg, what do I need to know? Yeah, bananas. Uh that dude had a lot of success at TCU. And, uh, and then he we, didn't, though, right? Yeah, and then it's been a few poor years. Um, this is kind of very new. Uh, it sounds like it might be some kind of mutual parting, but it, um, I mean, it's the end of an era uh, for the Horned Frogs. So I thought it was worth mentioning. I mean, this yeah. Gary Patterson, if you go back and look at everything that he accomplished at TCU, yeah. it's incredible. So, um, yep. Big, big change on the college football landscape. Yeah. Uh, and not even talking about all the conference realignment that's also happening right now. But yeah, uh, that's that's for a summer pod because um, we're eight known. We just beat Michigan. Uh, let's let's preview our game against the uh, the team with, uh, I believe, a consensus number one creepiest mascot that ever existed. Mm-hmm. That is. The Purdue Boilermakers. Number one creepiest anything that's ever existed, I think, perhaps. Everything about that school bothers me, other than a Boilermaker is a great order at a bar. Um, Unpopular opinion. Oh, yeah. It's a shot in a beer. What's wrong with you? No, I don't need one of those Mm -hmm. right now. That's for sure. Um, So this... I said earlier that this team should not be looked past. And I'm not I'm not saying that I'm afraid that the team is going to do that. I'm just saying, like, objectively, this is not a game that should be looked past. Uh, and in fact, I think Vegas has MSU only favored by, like, 2.5 or 3. I think the line might have moved up a little bit. But um, That's, I, that sounds right to me. I mean, yeah. This is a team that beat Iowa when they were number two for what that's worth. This is a team that just beat Nebraska. Uh, We could have talked about that off Grand River Um, that Nebraska lost again. Um, He gone. Yeah, it's over. It's also not a great matchup for MSU. So on offense, Purdue really likes to throw the ball around. They heavily favor the passing attack and uh, David Bell uh, who is there is the primary target there, uh, is a dude. Um, so he's that's like a top be- three, uh, or he's like a first or second round draft pick, I think. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is going to be a, a problem. Um, they also, they do move it around a little bit. The, you know, they have a tight end, uh, you know, Payne Durham that, uh, they get some looks. So, 
the the issue that the caution that I would have is um, that unlike the Michigan's the, you know team that that uh, matched up pretty well against MSU's defensive strengths, you know it's the it's just the, just the complete opposite here for uh for purdue in fact their leading rusher um king doru i think is his name awesome name it's a great name don't Um, sleep on that name but his name does not match his stats if you go take a look at them (laughs) they're not very impressive at all so um i guess the the real trick uh for msu defensively is probably going to be to get to the quarterback and don't let them get into these uh, you know, long bomb type situation. Counterpoint, Kevin, we have been getting the quarterback. Mm-hmm. We're one of the best teams in the country at sacking the quarterback. And you'll remember we did pay, play a uh, pretty pass heavy offense once this year. Mm-hmm. Just once it turns out, but I would say, you know, where we seem to be weakest and I, you know, I, I think the secondary surprisingly was, was one of the most important elements of our game against Michigan last week. So it does give me some, optimism about sort of the deep ball i'm less confident about like the when they're when they are their offense is running a slant route i mean i feel like our slant pass route protection is non-existent teams have been able to move the ball against us at will um when they do those short five yard passes into just dead space where we have nobody i don't know why teams aren't doing that more often i don't and again i don't know enough probably about football um technique to know or tactics to know if that's those passes are more susceptible to getting picked off but there's something there that if a team could master that against us, I don't know how we would respond effectively. Yeah, it's possible. Um, if we had a Purdue uh, fan on the podcast, they'd probably point out that actually for every, all the nice things we said about them offensively, defense it tends to be the strength of the team, um, though that has been a little bit on the wane recently, uh, but particularly their their pass rush. Um, they've got a, a defensive end in Karlaftis, uh, who is a who's a chap and a dude. So um, tied for tenth in scoring defense. Yeah, yeah. Holy, what's yeah. their total defense situation? Let's see here. So, Sorry, doing research. Think, on the um, they're uh, they've got some strengths. This is not one to be looked past. This is not a team to be trifled with. You're like, yeah, they've lost some games, but um, you know that this is this could be considered a trap game. And if MSU loses it, the the media narrative is going to be they you know had a hangover from the Michigan game. But that wouldn't be accurate. I mean, this Purdue team has the potential to beat MSU at home any time of the season, regardless of where the Michigan game is. Anything that you wanted to add to the to the preview of the Boilermaker? Uh, no, I'm just trying to find where they are in scoring offense, though. And the fact that I'm on page three is in, oh, they're 103rd in scoring offense. I'm huh. feeling a little okay. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. yeah. At 22.9 games or points per game. Yeah. I would say keep more of the bend. Don't break holding the field goals and don't worry about style points. If you're MSU, just get that. Yeah, win. Sounds right. Yeah. Just get that win, get out of there, get home, play Maryland and get ready for Ohio state. Uh, okay. Uh, should we head to, uh, the Twitter questions? Yeah, let's do this. So number one, uh, first up from Ed Marie, Ed Marie asks, 
how do you think Kevin Warren feels today, knowing that he single-handedly ruined U of M seasons by paying off the rest so that his <laughs> walk-on son, who doesn't play, could win? I'll take great, it. <laughs> great question, Evan Marie. What do you got, Greg? I think he feels great. Uh, and I, I, uh, I'm very proud of his son. Uh, I'm happy to have him around. Uh, this, this has been a boon. So, um, big fan, big Uh, fan. I mean, it certainly was a net positive for the league. That game net positive for the league. I know it stings if you're a Wolverine, but like that was a good football game. It was second question, uh, Jonesy to you. How big are Jay Johnson's balls to call two deep balls on two fourth and shorts to set up tight, uh, touchdowns? I don't know that I can there's a lot to unpack in this question. Just going to say, uh, <laughs> uh, but um, they're hefty. They're heavy. I think is really what they are. Mm. Um, but it's more of a density than a size. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, and Hey, while we're, while, while we're giving credit uh, to Jay, uh, let's, let's talk about, you know, dialing up to two point conversions also that both converted. Ooh, um, big I mean, I, I think, I think my man called a pretty good game. And I would also say, I think I saw the most success from Ken Walker running between the tackles that we've seen all season. Um, so I don't know if that was a bye week thing that they figured something out, but, uh, Jay, um, uh, the hang low, man, the hang low. So, uh, next drop, next up, C Rob, then Apple, uh, which C Rob, welcome. What victory cigar does Mel Tucker smoke? So I can pick up one up from wild bills. Is this an East Lansing location? Uh, I think so. Uh, okay. though I'm partial to Campbell's smoke shop. Personally. No longer in business, my friend. Wait, Campbell's is still around and they made it. I think. I don't think they did. I think I, I, I think we looked at them when we were headed to the tin can. Oh, I was out there. Brutal. Oh um, man, uh, I I mean obviously I don't smoke, but um, I thought they made it through. I I really did. <coughs> Do you guys... Oh no, they're open. They're open. You're right. They Excuse made it. me. Thank God. Um, what do you guys? Any speculation? What I don't. I mean, we talk a lot about the San Cristobal Quintessence. It just sounds like a Mel Tucker kind of cigar. Beautiful. So Honestly, grab one though... of those, C Rob. Uh, I think, uh, you know, maybe, maybe I'll have to find one. We, he should have, he should come out with his own brand of cigars. Oh man. That would be amazing. If we had a coach that had his own brand of cigar, that would be incredible. Also, we're going to get to tobacco products later on. So let's keep this conversation, but we'll put a pin in it. Uh, next up, Carl, you do too much, bro. Carl, good to hear from you again. When can we start shaming these dopey motherfuckers for claiming <laughs> wins before the sport was integrated? That that question stands on its own. That that right there, you had your own answer. You didn't, we didn't even answer it. That is a perfect question. Yeah, I I I do believe there was actually a. It was either on like sports talk radio or some U of M podcast where they genuinely were saying the only reason that MSU is close in the rivalry since the 1950s is because, because we integrated before other people. Those are real words that came out of their mouths and published for people to say, because we integrated, we shouldn't count those wins. Carl, they're the worst. 
Next up, B-list. I told you to put a pin in it. WTF was Harbaugh chewing on the whole game. It was distracting. He was <laughs> chewing the cud. He was chewing the cud. This is a biblical reference, of course, to animals that could not be eaten by the Israelites because they were of cloven hoof or chewed the cud. Harbaugh is an actual bovine animal. It would explain his intellectual inabilities and his general lack of decorum. Uh, and this is what he was doing. He was chewing his own regurgitated mouth product, <laughs> the cud. He is repulsive. I will say as much as I enjoy the uh, the cigar pictures of Mel Tucker, and I do, um, I do think it's interesting that the NCAA and the Big Ten allow someone to use a, a tobacco product on television at a game. No one else finds that interesting? Mm. I, I, I don't think you're supposed to it in, in, in Major League Baseball any longer. Mm. I, I will say I was, as a public health person, I was a little off put by some of the uh, pictures on social media that were being posted by the team uh, with the players all in the locker room with cigars they were smoking. I mean, I should know. Oh, they had them? Yeah, and I didn't really care. I mean, I really didn't, but but part of me knew I should care. And so I was more disappointed for myself from the purest of a public health perspective, but a little surprising. Yeah, I didn't know that, but now I want to see these pictures. Send them to me afterwards. Uh, next up from B-List, do you think Tucker and D'Antonio like each other? I'm not sure they're best friends, but I think, yeah, there's plenty of evidence to suggest that they do. As, I, as much as, I, I, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go oh, ahead. I was just going to say, I, I, I think when Tucker says that if you love football, I'm going to like you is probably very, very true. Mm-hmm. And so at minimum, they have that in common and they will never want for things to talk about. I think that's so, right. Yeah. I don't think D'Antonio is the, the other than for Becky, I don't think he has the human capacity of emotion for another person. So that's, that would be the first answer to the question. And I think Tucker doesn't care. I mean, I think he's like, yeah, like I built a program and I'm going to make his legacy look like a child drawing his first picture. But, um, you know, I feel very targeted with that, that comparison. He can stick around. Uh, I, I imagine that uh, it seems like whatever, however, D'Antonio is is navigating this uh, this adjacency to Greg's point earlier. It seems like he's actually um, counterpoint plum handling it well. Like he's he's not doing more than is asked of him, and isn't putting his nose where it doesn't belong. It seems like from the outside anyway. Yeah, which you know takes some social tact. Uh, next up, Mike Jones, not me. Uh, who wins the award for biggest Michigan douche running their mouth before the game? We're going to need to put a double explicit rating on this one. Uh, Mike asks, says, my vote is Taylor Luan. What say you? Well, um, are we judging on them just generally being a douche or because he wins on both fronts? I think they douched uh, themselves. Um, I think it can be Luan for both. Um, Part of me wants to give him some credit for being willing to be so public with the rivalry, uh, but he is such a loathsome creature that. But didn't um, he also get owned when he was here? Yeah, I think he was one in four against. Yeah, Michigan so State. I don't know why he's tr- like. I mean, yeah, yeah, I guess. But did you see uh, Emmanuel Acho um, splice together uh, the Ken Walker touchdowns intermixed with uh, Taylor Luan? chirping 
I did not, but that sounds beautiful. And I'll be watching that as soon as this podcast is over. That's <laughs> wonderful. And I love that it was like such a high profile person in sports media too. Ken Walker's getting a lot of love. It occurred to me this week that like we talked about how U of M gets the benefit of the doubt and MSU doesn't like it would not be acceptable to the wider media if MSU players ran their mouths and spoke the way that Michigan uh, relevant Michigan alumni in the in the media space ran their mouth this week. It it just simply would not. Um, I bet you Draymond gets a pass for it. I mean, he didn't talk a lot of st- stuff. I mean, all of the stuff that he's been talking about is how glad he is that MSU won. So yes, that yes, that's right, that's right. No, you're right. That's that's fair. Um, yeah, I I don't think anyone would. I don't. I couldn't see anyone saying the things that Taylor Luan said. Right. I I couldn't see anyone doing that. Um. Yeah. Interesting. Um. Next up from Mike Jones, uh, our pass rush sucked. Pause for Fox commercial break. Crouch doesn't know what pass coverage is. Pause for Fox review break. (laughs) How awful is Fox? (laughs) They suck the momentum out of the stadium a handful of times. I was there. Brag. A little bit of a brag. But how bad was the TV coverage? I expected it to be way worse uh, than it was because um, there is – it is well established that uh, that – uh, broadcasting duo are Michigan fans. Yeah. Um, what did you guys think? Um, I, I I think we got to start asking the question of what's worse, uh, Fox's sports coverage or their political coverage? Because it seems to me that they are really fighting for who could be worse. Um, and I think it helps that Fox Sports has more ads to sell. Um, so that just really drags them down in a different way. But I, I mean... Gus Johnson and Joel Klatt did do their best to shout when things happened for Michigan State. So that was nice. Mm-hmm. But again, I believe Joel Klatt did say that that Kenneth Walker was having a quiet day. So I don't I mean, I don't know. I, I think the Fox problem, though, it, like it's an FS1 problem, too. It's not just that duo. The, the commercial breaks, that's a real thing. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't feel like it's as egregious on the ABC ESPN family. So, um, cause the game lasted four hours. That's insane. Yep. Uh, next up from, uh, Mike Jones. I still hate Jay Johnson. Harbaugh helped us trotting the freshman out there a couple times. K lot nine looked amazing, but Thorne was meh throw the ball down the field, but hell yes. Victory plum. This isn't a question. No, and that's okay. I think these opinions are still right. I'm not totally unconvinced that they weren't tweeted during the game or very quickly thereafter. But I think he's right. On balance, Thorne was meh. But if if on balance, meh equals the two completions he had, which were beyond seismic, then I'll take meh. I'll take it any day of the week. Matt worked. Matt was enough in this case. Uh, uh, next up, Eric, we kind of covered this, but real quick, uh, Jonesy, if you want to answer, Eric Ozanek asks, uh, where does this win rank? Honestly, I feel like it's better than the other close ones, you know, one in 15, but not as good as the domination of 13. Your thoughts? Uh, I I think, it, I mean, yeah, 13, <laughs> 13 had something real nice to it, right? But uh 
this one, I like I said before, I, I think I come around on the idea that this one matters in a different way that I can't quite articulate yet, but I am I am optimistic about. So it depends on this how the season goes, Eric. I think um, if things get set up for just a massive season, um, this one is going to rank really, really high. Uh, I'm going to send this to you, Jonesy. This is, I've got to be honest, a, uh, a sports reference that I don't understand. Is Coughlin actually Danny Alante Rojas? You don't know Danny Rojas? No. Football is life. <laughs> You've watched Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso. Oh. I don't get the question though, still. <laughs> I mean, I get, I get the question about is, is he, uh, uh, Danny Almonte Rojas, uh, it, maybe it's no, he's never missed. I don't, I don't know. I don't get it. Vodka soda 19. I love the question, I guess, but uh, that's mostly because I love Ted Lasso. So, and anyway, Coughlin uh, didn't, did Coughlin even take the field? I mean, what did he really he, do? He, he <laughs> never missed an extra point. Well, so he has still not missed an extra point in his career. Well, we didn't need him to take, um, uh, there were two of them we didn't need him to take, it turns out, this game. Ah, 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 uh, next up is John Edelston, who asks, oh my God. how much cotton candy can K-9 get with 197 yards and five touchdowns? This is a reference to U of M Sports Talk, which did to say that uh, most of Ken Walker's uh, yards have been cotton candy yards thus far this season. Cool. Yeah, Plum, what does it mean to have a cotton candy yard? I think it is uh, something sugary and sweet and bad for your teeth. So do that. Do with that what you want. But listen, I think trying to ascribe reason or meaning to anything that some idiot posts on a Michigan fan page about some dumb thing. Who? Shut up. Ugh. Sam Webb. Um, Silly. Oh, was it Sam Webb? I think so. Ugh. What a dick. Uh, well, John, I know he can buy enough cotton candy to get a uh, a jet fueled all the way to New York. There it is. So, uh, next up, Taylor Anderson. Who was your player of the game aside from K9? Mm. Uh, Greg, you go. Uh, there were. I mean, there's a lot that I would want to do with that. Um, Plum, you go. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say, can I have an anti-player of the game? Because we haven't talked about who I was angriest with during this game. Oh, sure. Go it ahead. It was Campbell. Campbell on the left. Out, uh, it was a tight end uh, defense uh, offense on, on the O-line. Left, left guard. Left, left guard. Thank guard. you. Words. Positions. <laughs> Strategy. Um, really, he got beat by... Uh, God, Ojabu, is that? Yep, who's very good. Fine, very good. He can be as good as he wants. I mean, it's true, he beat Horst at least once too, but um, he got he got beat twice and, and Hawthorne got sacked twice because of it, or at least once. I think he got hurried and he got hurried the first time um, and, uh, and then got sacked. And I had never been angrier with someone because it was the exact same play and it was twice in a row and I wanted Campbell's death. So... You you got to rise to the occasion. You can't let this guy manhandle our quarterback that way. And I didn't like that. So he was my anti-player of the game. I can independently verify that um, there were physical threats of violence <laughs> uh, levied against Mr. Campbell on Saturday uh, Saturday afternoon. Which um, he didn't mean. That's true, which I regretted it almost immediately. Uh, Garvard asks, uh, guys, what did you carve in your pumpkins this year, if anything? Um, it, he really did that to flex and yeah. show that he carved and, Sparty, and it which, was a flex. If you did that, Anthony Garvert, 
I'm actually concerned that your child isn't getting enough parenting from you because <laughs> you can't be this perfect. No one is this perfect. No one has the time well, to carve that and still love their family. So that's not. I think when he said I got into pumpkin carving a few years ago, I mean, I have to believe it's true because who would publish that on the internet for other people to enjoy? <laughs> so, Garver, we applaud you in your artistic, uh, your artisanal pumpkins, if you this will. Is, um, this is something. But uh, I, I did a very, very basic jack o' lantern because I am a basic father. Yep, that's so. basic B. Um, uh, uh, Garvard also asks, uh, and we kind of answered this about uh, where this rank, uh, this this win against U of M ranks. Uh, it is certainly top three. I think that's probably not really up for debate, uh, yep. if not, you know, highest. My number one. Um, very good. Uh, last up from Garvard, prop bet of the week: number of inches the red cedar went up due to U of M's fans crying about the referees. <laughs> Versus the number of wins in the next four games over under is set at 2.5. Yeah, I'm concerned about the biodiversity in the Red Cedar River due to all the salt uh, at this time. It's turning brackish. Uh, Good use of brackish, yes. (laughs) We're going to go over, but Plum, uh, how many wins in the next four games over under Uh, 2.5? I'm going to go over. I got three. I got Purdue. I got Maryland. I got, uh, I got, uh, I got Penn state. Yeah. James Franklin has already like leaked that he's taken the job at USC. Yeah. Which they've also Uh, just after watching, um, Ohio state or watching Penn state intentionally lose the game to Ohio state, that offer might actually be rescinded soon. So do that for him. Uh, also people keep speculating that Penn state will have their quarterback. Uh, by by that week, and then I would just point out that MSU uh, ruins quarterbacks, so um, yep. he yep. won't be back for long. Mm-hmm. Um, next up from Nate C, which season is better, this one or 2015? I think the obvious answer is 2015. I mean, Ooh. you win the Big Ten championship, you go to the college football playoff. I mean, come on, man. Yeah, I, I would just say uh, twenty. That you're 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 viewing it from uh, the back end and. I don't remember loving a lot of that year. It's because the expectations were so high. Yeah. So so I, I think it's fair to say that this one's fun in a different way than 2015 was. Like, so, you know, define better. Like, sure. Yeah. If you're, if you're going resume lines, yeah, absolutely. 2015 is better. Is this one a, a, a breath of fresh air? Yeah. You know, fun. Yeah. This one's more fun. I, I would say this season is more fun. Okay. And there's more optimism for what could be too in the future. Yeah. Um, so that's all I'll say, but you're not wrong. 2015. Yeah. We've got that feather in a cap for all time. Uh, Nate C also asks, when should I buy my Rose bowl tickets? The real question is, would the athletic department do it the same way as last time where it was sort of egalitarian and I bet they kind of don't. Yeah. Um, I don't think they got the goodwill that they were expecting out of that. Um, I think they mostly just got emails from high level donors being upset. So, um, yeah, uh, that's too bad. Cause I would, uh, I've decided that's on my bucket list. I would, uh, I want to do that. Well, you might, you might have a shot this year. Uh, he also says, also everyone wants to know if you think we'll win all of our remaining games, except for Ohio state. We've heard Alex Plum does Greg, Do you, uh, yeah, probably it's hard to, call a win walking into the shoe under those circumstances and against that team. So 
I'm going to say yes. Um, but I, I don't know, man. Uh, it seems like this team could easily drop one of these next three. Um, I mean, it seems almost way too high. Um, Anyway. I, think he's, I think he's saying we'll drop the one against Ohio State. Right, I, I, but I'm saying of the remaining three mm. of the mm-hmm. four. Um, but if you told me that we went undefeated, could I be surprised any longer? Could I be surprised? No, of course It'd be fun to go to the Big Ten championship game where uh, uh, maybe you meet Minnesota. Soda? What is going on? <laughs> God, how upsetting. <laughs> Noted loser to Toledo? <laughs> Um, uh, uh, next question up. from Nate C. Yeah. Plum, now that we beat U of M regularly, when should we adapt our own inflated sense of self-worth? self-worth? Oh, my God. We will never will. You know why? Because we're a hard scrabble, hard nose, hard-working, industrious, bootstrap-pulling, relentless-chopping, mean-mouthed sons of bitches, and we'll never have, <laughs> we'll never have the entitlement and the self-inflated entitlement that the folks in Ann Arbor do. So that's it. Uh, next up, speaking of which, CT and TC says, how much can we, it can be gleaned from an exhibition against a D2 side? You can get some. I I also, uh, want to call out here, CT, uh, very sporting of you to be here this week. We appreciate it uh, under the circumstances. I hope we were not too hard on your, your Wolverine. I actually think we were worse last year than this year. Yeah. So I think we gave credit. I got to give you credit explicitly ct um i think you can get some there are things you can learn um uh you know you can see how the offense and the defense handle certain situations you can learn some things about what the rotation might look like um but also you know uh don't get too excited about blowing out uh, d2 school by 40 don't don't get too excited that gabe brown is deciding to drive to the hole yeah uh, Plum, do you have an opinion on this next one from CT? How old is too old to go trick or treating? Uh, probably fourteen. Sounds right. I feel like at fourteen you're still stretching it a little bit. Yeah, just a little bit. Once you get in high school, you're like, you should have other things going on. Yes, that's right. That's the answer. Yep. Uh, if you got a younger sibling, though, maybe it's different. But um, anyway, next up, CT and TC, which is more likely? God is cruel and vengeful or God doesn't exist. Just things I've been pondering since yesterday. Counterpoint CT. God is great. Plum as the resident, uh, uh, religious man, uh, you would surely agree that, that, God meddles in the affairs of uh, of, of collegiate athletics. Well, right? and this Saturday, God didn't need to because we had Kenneth Walker the third, folks. And in some <laughs> respects, God was on the field in the legs of Kenneth Walker the third. Yes. So, he says, "Call me Ken." Long right. got a, is all I can say to that. We've got a golden calf situation, and I am on board with it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next up is John Hubbard. Between D'Antonio and Tucker, Tuck seems to have the better team ethos. Coach D was great at wearing a chip on the shoulder, but how effective was that once we cracked the top tier? Seems like the disrespect game had a ceiling. Well, keep chopping doesn't. Your thoughts? I, what is this, Larry King? Yeah, I appreciate the... Yeah, it's... Yeah. Uh, I, I appreciate uh, the idea here, John. I just don't think we have... I don't think we have any evidence. I mean, this is the closest that Tuck has been to the quote-unquote top tier um so we don't have much of a sample size um but well also you can't you can't ignore 
Xavier Henderson coming out and being like, I brought my receipt bag. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and say that that uh, you know, Tuck may be less public about it, but it seems to me that that was not missed on this team. Right. Right. Yeah. I, either way, I think the conclusion is still right. I mean, if, if true, that's right. And and if not, you know, I still think that we have said great things about the ethos that he has been building. And uh, we think we stand by that. And I don't think it has to be zero sum. I don't think it has to be at the expense of what D'Antonio built. It was right in its own time and in its own way, right. especially coming after John L. Smith. So I think you can celebrate both. And, uh, and we certainly are celebrating what Tucker seems to be doing right now. Yeah, I, I think my favorite one from Tucker is the standard is the standard. Opponents change, but the standard doesn't. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, um, that's easier to say is keep chopping than great. But I, I, I do, I think there's, you know, we'll talk more about it, I'm sure, in weeks to come. But there's, a, he's, I think he wants to build something big here. Um, last up from John Hubbard, Michigan fans insist they are winners no matter what happens. And isn't that uh, the really the most important thing? A life lesson for us all. If there's anything that I've learned in the last five years, it's that everyone gets their own truth. And if you just <laughs> never back down and never pretend to be wrong or sorry, uh, you will be fine. Uh, people reward you for that. So um, what I'm saying is that the University of Michigan are the Donald Trump of college football programs. <laughs> Shots fired. Next up, Mama Maple Leaf. What's the connection? In line with the ESPN Reed slash Thorn interview aired Saturday, among the two plus one of you, is that listener guest, mm-hmm. um, guess the others, the other guy's favorite athlete pre yesterday's game and post yesterday's MSU victory. My maple leaf. This is a very confusing con- question is what's the connection at like a Canadian game show or something. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, it's easy. I think all of our favorite athletes are the, the previous golden calf drew Stan. Yeah. That's that's correct. Uh, I mean, uh, Cassius probably clocks in at a very close second. Excuse sure. me, you guys both know my favorite Drew, and although I do oh. have mad respect for Drew Stan, it isn't him. All right, uh, couches versus. Oh. <laughs> yeah, we we all know. Uh, <laughs> Maple Leaf asks couches versus overturned cars. Which one is easier to pull off, and which one is more dangerous? And what measures should have been put in place to avoid the ghostly scenarios? I I don't I've I don't know I've seen ELPD overreact way too much for some stuff I I don't know I don't I don't know the car thing bums me out but like what do you want him to do yeah do you, you want tear gas again like is that is that good for anybody right right Th- that doesn't change the car it just changes what's on the news. So I, I, uh, it seemed like ELPD, uh, stood down relatively speaking. And I appreciate that. Yes. You do have to give them credit for that. Cause I mean, I remember when we were in college and they had armored horses. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, what are you guys doing right now? Um, so anyway, the bummer and, and I, I don't mean to suggest that I don't think people should be susceptible to punishment for what they did. It's they got recorded on social media later. Yeah. Idiots. And as long as you're not the idiot sitting on the burning couch, <laughs> burning <laughs> couches are not that dangerous. Um, so there's that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, last from a Maple Leaf. Some U of M sports talk radio shows yesterday experienced callers saying, if, 
If Bo had been coaching, why do some schools hold on forever to their past? And why do some begin to scrutinize the outgoing coach's legacy on 2420? I mean, we know why, Mamapalief, uh, they're saying these things. And it's that it's all that they have. Um, so that's it. That's all that they have to do. Um, and they lean into it, and it's weird. The University of Michigan's football team is a necrocracy. Um, it's like a necrocracy. I love that. Yeah. Very it's, special. it's U of M football and North Korea are your two necrocracies. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, so the U of M football program is uh, both North Korea and Donald Trump at the same time, yeah. which makes sense because Big there's friends. a love affair between those two. So, who is um, uh, what's his face? Who's the 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 basketball player? Why can't I? Uh, God, cut this. No, Dennis Rodman. Who's the Dennis Rodman in this equation? <laughs> who are we sending as our emissary? <laughs> All right, last up, Mister Neurotic Pants. Is U of M's QB an NFL talent? No. Or does MSU secondary just have greater sized holes? And also, I think no. But does someone else want to take this? Uh, I, I mean, this is what we talked about with the bend don't break thing, right? I'm starting to come around on it. Um, I also think they were keyed in to stop U of M from running the ball 40 times. Right. And U of M pivoted early. Early. And he threw the ball and he threw it well, but that doesn't make him a... Uh, I, I think MSU committed to them not being able to run the ball. And it, again, I say, if you told me that they were going to be down four, having to throw in the rain, I would have said, cool, I'll take that. And I'm with you at the same time, Raymond, like uh, we're a little bit spoiled in some of those incredible D'Antonio defenses, um, you know, like the 2013 game that that's mm-hmm. the negative 60 yards 40, rushing game. I think. Um, so, uh, I mean, we have seen how good MSU defenses can be. Um, yeah, this one just doesn't operate the same way schematically. Yeah. So it's a change. If you start seeing studs on that side of the ball though, in future years, I think you will see a change. Yeah. Like, you know, they'll talent up there. Um, next up for Mr. Neurotic pants, MSU clawed their way to victory and stabbed the weasels in the heart. But did you notice that Thorne threw two interceptions and was lucky that his 10 other batted passes weren't intercepted? He was MSU's biggest liability. Hot take. Yeah, that is a hot take. Is. And I would it point is. out. It's Luke Campbell. Luke Campbell was the uh, <laughs> was the weakest link. It's not a bad take. Like, I, I mean, I don't I don't want to shoot it down as like a it's a it's a it's a fair thing to say. Like it's a fair conversation point. Anyway. Thorne yeah. didn't have a great day for a lot of the day. Is Has there been a lot of batted? passes this this year so far i can't think of many and one of those interceptions was was tipped so i guess i get that partially goes on the quarterback but thorns what is he six two is he six three how tall is he he's he's a he's six two uh he might be six he's he's short he's shorter for i'm guessing what mel tucker would prefer at that position gotcha is the best way of saying it but uh i mean you know, I think early on our critique of Peyton Thorne was that maybe he was missing some wide open dudes. I don't know that that has changed. Um, but, you know, I, he's a redshirt sophomore. I I, I think I, it's hard for me to point to a bigger liability in that game. But, you know, I, I don't know. I, I have a hard time being too critical of him. Right. I think he played a fine game. A fine game. Not good, but fine. 
Uh, last up, and to wrap the show, Mr. Neurotic Pants with this week on Behind the Scenes with Tom Izzo. Coach is asked to call D'Antonio, asking him not to wear a coach's headset or to play call from the sidelines. Tom continues, uh, Tom's continued YouTube cooking show success necessitates planning a trip to Korea to see his Korean girlfriend, girl, to see his Korean girl fan base. Lastly, the coach takes to Cedar Village with his accordion in hopes of soothing the boisterous mob. Yeah. I like the idea of being like the Pied Piper of Cedar Village. And like entrancing everyone with his accordion. <laughs> Honestly, probably works. Maybe we should blame all of this on Tom for not doing that. You weren't there when we needed you, Tom. Plum, are you traveling to North Korea to see Tom meet his fan base there? I'm unable to confirm or deny these reports, and I'll have to direct you to my spokespeople for an official statement. Thank you. <laughs> um, well, you can reach out to our social media coordinator uh, who likes to... Post wonderful audiograms on late Thursdays. <laughs> That's Fridays. the time to do it, right? Yeah. Uh, gentlemen, I don't know how to say other than this was an awesome weekend. Uh, truly a game for the ages. And um, and it, we've got a lot to look forward to. Uh, so big, I, big week, I think. It, it, where I will wrap this is that I think what we are about ready to face is MSU is a, uh, a big favorite uh, in the sense that now we've beaten someone that's for real and you're coming off of a big game. This is a test of Mel Tucker and his ability to keep his team wrapped and ready to, to continue going forward. So, um, and we got, we got to get locked in next week for previewing basketball because all of a sudden it's here. We're, we're eight. No, and it's basketball season. Uh, so gentlemen with that, a resounding go green, go white, go white gentlemen.